This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. In 2003, Nike signed 13-year-old Freddie Adu to a seven-figure contract. But Freddie didn't live up to the hype. He has turned down every single documentary project looking closely at the details of his career. Until now. People are going to look at everything you did because of the hype surrounding your arrival and what they think you can be. I'm Grant Wall, and this is American Prodigy, Freddie Adu, from Blue Wire Podcasts. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. I finished these fights. Give me a hell, yeah. Top Rope Nation. Learn to love it. It's the best thing going today. What's up, guys? Live on the air, it's Top Rope Nation, episode 185. I'm Ryan Drosty of comicbook.com, and I am joined here by the usual sidekicks, Justin Joint, Kyle Ross here to talk WWE Survivor Series 2020 and The Undertaker's final farewell. Kyle, how are you feeling tonight, man? How's it going? Feeling pretty good, quite frankly. I've had a few drinks tonight, so <laughs> who knows where the next hour or so will go. That's what I like to hear. That means we're going to have a good show tonight. Justin Joint, what's going on? Uh, doing good. Working on a double dry hopped New England IPA and uh, Tottenham's top of the table so i'm great <laughs> he's wearing the tottenham hotspur hat he's ready to go guys we've been looking forward to this show all weekend long we've been doing these live streams here on our youtube page you know when uh we we do the live streams every week for our, our regular flagship podcast for patreon supporters but when a pay-per-view comes around we do it for everybody and uh, we're looking to get a lot of interaction here uh in the chat room I'll let you guys you know let us know what you thought of the show tonight Hit us up with some chats. We'll read them on the air. Looks like we got our good buddy Derek Chappelle in the chat room tonight. Always good to hear from Derek. Hi, Derek. We'll be talking, probably reading some of his comments on air tonight, as well as all the rest of you that are there and that are joining us as we go tonight. Um, and as I said, you know, Survivor Series just went off the air. The last thing we saw was the final farewell of The Undertaker, which we will Bye. talk about tonight. Uh, I love how it, I love how they have to clarify the final farewell. Yes, I, I'm not <laughs> as sure. opposed to just the farewell. I'm not sure that that went exactly how we were expecting it to go, which we'll talk about tonight. But I'm man, I am all in the spirit tonight. I've got my original WWF Hasbro Undertaker here on my desk, as you guys can see. I've got my Mattel Retro Undertaker figure here Ooh. on the Top Rope Nation headquarters desk, ready to go. I've got my Undertaker. Can you kind of see that there? I've got my T-shirt. All right. I, I am Show dressed them. for the occasion, fellas. I'm ready to talk about it. <laughs> you should, should have let me know. I, I have an Undertaker uh, WWF magazine cover upstairs I could have brought down. There you go, man. Like could have been in the background. 
could have said a virtual background or something here. I don't know. Whatever. Don't know. We're, we're gonna. Talk I don't know how to do. Here. I don't know how to do that. You know me, <laughs> guys. I do want to say, you know, if if you've never watched the show before, you turn in for the you're tuning in for the first time. Like I said, we're live on YouTube right now, and uh, if you would do us a great favor, hit that subscribe button down below the stream. Uh, we would greatly appreciate it. In fact, if you do so, you will see a special animation pop up here on the YouTube video. If you like what, you do, what we're doing, you want to leave us a tip tonight, same thing. There is a link to Streamlabs down in the video description. You can tip the show. A different animation will show up here in the stream. And if you're listening to the show, the podcast version later on, wherever podcasts are found, thank you. Next time, if you want to join us live, subscribe to the YouTube channel. It's youtube.com slash top rope nation. But, you know, if you are listening on Monday morning and you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts, please leave us that five star rating and leave us a written review. If you leave us a written review and you leave your Twitter username or your Instagram username in the review, we will send you a free Top Rope Nation sticker in the mail. Look at this roll of Top Rope Nation stickers I have here. I'm ready to send these out, guys. All you got to do is leave us a five-star written review and leave your username so I can get a hold of you and I know where to send it. So speaking of ratings, the first thing we always do oh boy. on these pay-per-view post shows <laughs> <laughs> is we leave the show a rating. All right, so, so what did you think of the show? A through F scale, and then I'll read uh, the ratings off as far as what we're seeing over on our Twitter page at Top Rope Nation. Let me throw it to Justin Joint first. Justin, what did you think of Survivor Series? What would you grade it? Uh, I th- you know, it's kind of the theme of 2020 uh, pay-per-views, probably B minus. B minus. Okay. Yeah, C plus. Okay. Kyle, I'd go C C plus. Ooh. Wow. If this show, if this show didn't happen, Justin and I were talking about this. So Justin, and Justin's like, if you don't say this on the air, I'm going to. Uh, and I, of course, then immediately forgot what I had said already, <laughs> which is very par for the course. But uh, correct me if I'm wrong here, Justin. I said something to the effect of, had this show not even happened? Wipe it out of existence. Thanos yeah. it. Yes, if it did not happen. I'm not sure the WWE is any different of a place than it was yesterday. Yeah, a, a <laughs> week from now, two weeks from now, it wouldn't yeah. make a difference. And that's not the sign of a great pay-per-view, ladies and gentlemen. So, I mean, that comes down to, do you grade these shows based on the future impact it's going to have or just your your personal enjoyment out of the show? Are you thinking about it more broader picture then? Oh, I always think broad picture. Yeah. Uh, we got some feedback in the chat here. Aaron Graham, longtime listener of the show, he gives it a B minus. Uh, <laughs> our social media guy, Kyle Ryan, he's in the chat. He says, there's nothing Kyle Ross loves more than grading these shows. <laughs> um, Kyle Ryan gives it a B. He says the women's match finish lost at some points, as did the mid-card title match. Derek Chappelle says, you know, something big had to happen to get me to watch the WWE product these days. That's true. You know, we haven't had Derek on the show in a while uh, because he hasn't been watching the product lately, but he is doing a great new podcast that you guys should check out. We've mentioned on the show before, rebooking the roles. Derek has been a long time supporter of top rope nation check that love out. derek yes i would give it and derek gave it a b 
I'm I'm at a I'm at a firm B too. Um, I told you guys in our text thread as we were watching uh, before the women's match, I was leaning towards A on this show. I actually was Ooh. really enjoying it. Um, Love to be in Mr. Trosty's class moving forward. <laughs> hey, yo, I'm going to Harvard. Great, not a curve here, baby. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I just I don't know. I thought like it's, once it's the a- women's match happened, like it lost some steam. I love the the Universal versus World Champion match, and then. The Undertaker thing was a little disappointing. Go ahead, Kyle. Well, I was just say to be clear, when you are referring to the women's match, you mean the elimination match, not Asuka and Sasha. Yes, yes, yes. Just good for yes. the listeners who sometimes can get confused. Yeah, yeah. I was talking about the not women's Derek, elimination. Not Derek, He's match, a very right? sharp guy. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I, I'm at a, I'm at a B. I mean, I think I think overall, I thought it was a pretty enjoyable show. I mean, I liked most of the matches on. I thought there's some very good matches, mostly early in the card on the show. So I'm at a B. Um, here's where our Twitter listeners are at. So we're at 104 votes at Top Rope Nation. We've got 22% at an A. We have 49% at a B, 20% at a C, and 8% at a D or F. We always got a few people there. No matter what, they're going to give these shows a D or an F. But... Yeah, I mean they're right with us. About half the half of the listeners are at a B. Kyle's a little bit lower. Uh, Justin and I both around that B level, and it looks like most of the people in our chat are on the B. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I mean that's where I'm at. Uh, so broad broad picture, yeah, not a. Uh, I'm not never going to apologize for having standards. By the way, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, not sorry. So, um, I mean, I guess we can start right off the top then and just start talking about it. Uh, I did not see the kickoff show for the oh. most part. I had it on in the background while I was eating dinner. Um, I didn't, I mean, I saw like the promos and the interviews and I saw the Sami Zayn thing next to JBL, which was kind of entertaining, but I did not see the dual branded battle Royal. Did you guys see either? You guys see I this? caught the dual branded battle Royal. Yes. I think for the first time in 2020, I actually watched the majority of the pre-show. There we go. Now, this, and were you richly rewarded host. for that? Justin Joyt. I was not. I was okay, not. there we go. <laughs> um, okay. So, Justin, you watched it. Ryan, you did not. So, Justin, I will ask just you this question. Um, or, I guess, make this statement. It's not necessarily a question. Leave it to WWE production to actually catch a spot that they should not have caught and thus take all the drama out of the finish. Meaning, the when the Miz the was... Miz like, role. His fall elimination. They stayed on him too long and it was obvious he wasn't eliminated. Like they made it blatantly obvious. I think even one of the announcers called attention to it. So when uh, Chad Gable and Dominic Mysterio were having, you know, their sequence, which was actually quite good, was the lone highlight of the match. Uh, Gable suplexing Dom around. Agree. There was no drama to it because you just knew what was going to happen. One of them was going to throw the other one out. And then Miz was going to come from behind and toss the remaining guy. And see, I... I watched it and I agree. I think for drama purposes, it would have been better if they cut away earlier, but I thought it was very intentionally done. And the only person they were trying to keep in the dark was Dominic Mysterio. Yes. They were, they, go ahead. No, no, you go ahead because you're, you're very correct. And if you have a follow-up, I bet you it's going to be even no, I, I don't more suit. Oh. No, I was just saying the, the, the drama wasn't meant for us for some reason. And, but that's so WWE. They always do that. Like, I don't have a, another example that's just like right in the back of my head right now. But I feel, yeah, like the way they produce stuff like that, um, 
it's just to make the baby faces look dumb. It's like, <laughs> it's just like, hey, audience, watch your favorite about ready to get outsmarted. And that's just me, bad. Are you telling I me this is a company that doesn't know how to book baby faces? I am off. telling you that. Yeah. I didn't know Sting was a producer. Yes, you're right. Yes. Uh, yes. Halloween Havoc 95 Sting, I believe, has uh, gotten a producer gig here with the WWE. So, yeah, I, I, to me, that took it um, any drama out of the finish out. You know, Miz. I was just saying, for the record, that was actually pretty creative finish too or what they did with Miz I thought it was okay yeah. I think I mean Miz winning I guess makes the money in the bank holder him uh seem more important but well I, I think know. your fancy little sweater and white collar is just okay <laughs> tell you what I've had this I've had this black sweater for a while it was family picture day today at the Ross household I quite frankly uh could do without that Okay. Um, nobody put. Nobody throws on the plastic smile when that camera's about ready to flash, quite like me. <laughs> this is the most dressed up Kyle has ever been. I, he, I feel he's cursing I, the fact that our most watched show ever, twenty one thousand views three years ago, he was wearing a bathrobe, cursing the fact as he sits feel, here dressed to the nines. I feel like all of my family pictures like are just waiting to be like on a front line. Like they zoom <laughs> in on my face. Little did we know what was in his dark mind. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I love so, my family for those keeping score. Oh, and by the way, for anybody who watched the pre-show, uh, if you need a better example of how kind of dumb and meaningless Survivor Series is, Ziggler wrestled the majority of that battle royal wearing a baseball hat. Do you know what is really oh, horrible uh, about that? I think he thinks it's cool because he. Oh, absolutely! Because he came out on SmackDown a few weeks ago. I remember wearing that hat. Didn't he not, Mister yes, SmackDown? Ryan yes, Drossy. Like, it, like I think he thinks it's like, oh, this is. I'm going to wear a SmackDown hat to show that I'm, you know, Mister, you know, I don't care and stuff. And it's just bad, you know. And uh, completely different. I, I just feel bad because we've kind of completely buried the headline as far as this pre-show goes. The big news of the night. The big news of the night. The gobbledygooker won the 24-7 no, world title. No. Charlie Caruso <sighs> pretending that she knew what was going on was an all-time. That was, oh, I was going to mention that. as Because you could see her like constantly in the background as they were talking about that. And you knew she had no. She's idea. like, oh, <laughs> this is. She kept being like, this is so cool. <laughs> to her credit, she had no yeah. idea. I mean, she's a pro. She does work on ESPN. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, she could give a fuck less about the gobbledygooker. And quite frankly, um, same for me. Hey guys, to that, hey, that's oh. a good that's a good opportunity, as you can see on the screen right now. Uh, we recorded last Thursday night an edition of Top Rope Nation Classics, our Patreon exclusive show on Survivor Series 1990, where the gobbledygooker debuted, as well as the Undertaker. And if you want to hear that show, sign on to be a patron of the show. We do a bonus podcast every month over at patreon.com slash top rope nation. I am still mixing the audio podcast of that, but you can watch the video version right now on our Patreon page. The audio version will drop later this week and uh, this Friday in our podcasting feeds, the day after Thanksgiving. You'll get a special preview of that you know, for all of our listeners. But if you want to hear the full show, patreon.com slash top rope nation. The link is in the podcast description or the description of this video. Kyle, yes. Mr. Drosty, Mr. Drosty. Yes. See, this is where having standards comes in handy. So as you know, I'm kind of a tough grader. I thought that quite the Survivor Series 90 show we did for patrons, quite frankly, is one of our top tier shows. It was a great show. It was, it's a lot of fun. When you I was done, I was it. very fulfilled. 
yes. as a wrestler. <laughs> I, I, I went to bed and said, now that was a good talk. <laughs> I did too, man. That uh, I mean, those Patreon shows are a lot of fun. That's the bonus show we do every month for patrons. And then um, the live feed each and every week as we record the flagship. That's for Patreon supporters. Our show notes, a free gift for signing up. If you like this podcast, it is the best way to su- support Top Rope Nation. That was a natural segue there. I had to throw that in there. But yeah, Survivor Series 90. We'll be talking about that here again in a little bit with The Undertaker. But uh, yeah, I mean, the the dual branded Battle Royal with The Miz's victory, I guess that set up the tease uh, that the, the Miz might cash in the money in the bank later in the show. In fact, Wait. they did a, a, a backstage interview with him where he teased he might do it, uh, which was put out on their social feeds. He mentioned that the Amway Center was where he cashed in 10 years ago to the day. So he really Ooh. was teasing that he might do it tonight. We did not get a cash in, spoiler alert, but... Uh, no. That was that was kind of something people were wondering about throughout the show, Kyle. Nor should we have gotten a cash in way too early. He's got a long road to hoe till we think about that uh, being uh, on the table. Yeah, I mean, I, I know that yeah, he has to do something before May or whatever, but um, I just I just don't think the time is even close to being right. So let's talk about the first match on the show, which was the men's Survivor Series elimination match. Uh, and if you're in the chat room, let us know what you thought of that match. We're going to go through our thoughts right now. Uh, I thought both elimination matches, so this one let off the, the actual pay-per-view proper. I thought both elimination matches were pretty lengthy, especially after watching Survivor Series 90, where they were all less than 15 minutes and most around 10 minutes. I mean, we didn't even get our first elimination, it seemed like, for quite a while in these uh, in these matches. We did have Seth Rollins sacrifice himself right away in, in the men's match, or pretty early, not right away, but pretty early. Uh, Rollins is off for paternity leave now. Yeah, but if you're just a viewer of the television show, what's the payoff for that, if any? Like, if you're someone who knows the thing, and I gather that the vast, you know, this is wrestling in 2020, the vast majority of people watching no, he's leaving. Right. For that, for paternity leave sometime soon. But it's like, if you're just a viewer of a TV show, like, what's the reward for that? Like, if he never shows up again, you're just like, why'd he do that? Yeah, I need an explanation, which we're probably not going to get. Yeah, and that's the problem. If they do explain it, then fine. But I, I don't think WWE's earned that right for me not to nitpick, quite frankly. And if that was his last appearance on TV, that's just kind of weird. Yeah. Although, so- I mean, I guess the storyline of this match is that the SmackDown guys just weren't on the same page, couldn't get along, and we had we got what we got. Yeah. So when Which Seth was a got, clean sweep. Yeah. When Seth got tagged in, uh, he looked at his teammates. He says, "For the greater good." He turns around at Sheamus. He says, "Do your part." Sheamus runs in, hits him clean with the brogue kick, covers. Seth is eliminated. <laughs> I mean, that was pretty surprising for me. Now, I did think that going in, I thought the raw men were going to win Mm -hmm. uh, here. But uh, I wasn't. I mean, just Seth, you know, as a you know, he's he's a good worker. Uh, I thought he'd he'd be in the match a little bit longer than that. So that definitely surprised me a little bit. Um, Right after that uh, or quickly after that, we had Kevin Owens cleaning house. At one point, he hit stunners on a lot of people. But. He was hit by a phenomenal forearm to be eliminated second from the match. I was pretty surprised Kevin Owens went out so early. What did you guys think of that? Yeah. Didn't matter, <laughs> to be honest. It, it really did. I mean, because here's the thing. 
they wanted Jay Uso to be last. So honestly, the order of elimination before him completely meaningless. Mm-hmm. Like it, it just didn't matter because they're all going to just squabble, I guess, on TV about you know whose fault it was that they got swept. So the you know Rollins. Will, so the order of elimination, you know, when it comes down to uh, Owens. Otis, who, by the way, had tremendous Midnight Express theme tights tonight. That needs to be mentioned. And Corbin, just completely irrelevant. You could have scrambled it up and reordered it any way you wanted. Wouldn't affect the match one iota. Yeah, I mean, you look at the five people on the on the uh, SmackDown team. Rollins, Otis, Jey Uso, Kevin Owens, and Baron Corbin. And Rollins and Owens are the biggest names. And they're out right away. I mean, I just... Jay Uso has been pushed recently, but I mean, overall, I just, I thought it was, I thought that was kind of strange. I thought KO would stay in a little bit while longer, but uh, no such luck. It's tough to be a star when you're wearing them t-shirts, man. <laughs> in the eyes of Vince McMahon, that is for sure. I, we got it because I feel that this is a talking point every Survivor Series that they, and luckily, was this the only match where they did that? Where they had the Raw and SmackDown t-shirts on? Which, by the way, on on the back yes. they had USA and Fox and yes. Fox. It yes. gave it a real battle of the network stars feel. Yeah, it did. Yes. I mean, that, let's remember who the most important people are—not uh, the stars, but the networks uh, that were broadcast on. I just, to me, there's a lot of things when I watch this match that reiterated the problem with modern WWE and its inability. Uh, to make stars, okay? So during the entrances, which by the way, I actually appreciated the uh, World Entrance Federation as I like to joke about it because it allowed me to watch the end of some very fine four o'clock football games uh, <laughs> as those guys were coming down. Great finish in Green Bay Indy. Woo! Uh, but everyone's coming out and Michael Cole or you know Graves or whomever, they kept talking about all the problems and how, that everyone has been having recently. I'm like, where are the good people that are dominating? In this match, like everyone's had their problems recently. Everyone's struggling. Uh, that's just not a good look. I, I don't know if I'm being too nitpicky, but, you know, I watched some like 1991 promos recently. And it's kind of jarring because like even the people who are down lower on the card act like they win all the time. You know, like <laughs> Power and Glory and like Greg Valentine are basically doing like the Donald Trump no sell of the recent result. You know, they just got squashed at WrestleMania. No, we win all the time. Oh, we're better than ever. I think I like that better when you're acting like an alpha rather than just, you know, being told by the announcers, yeah, this guy's a loser. He's been on a losing streak. But it felt like every guy was just having some sort of trouble recently. He's had his share of problems. And that's just, I, I don't know, man. It's just, it's an issue with this company not making stars. And, you know, I don't, why not have Big E? on the SmackDown side and use that as a way to jumpstart his big, what we think is going to be a big singles push at the start of the new year. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's the argument you can make for both of the survivor series matches is that, yes, you know, the same argument can be made for Bel Air is that why wasn't that used to instead we get these uh, finales that are uh, irrelevant. Um, and I just wanted to say for like people out there complaining about uh, raw sweeping them, if you look at a lot of the other winners, they kind of had to. If, if you know the, the women's world champion won from SmackDown, the men's world champion won from SmackDown, the tag team world champions won from SmackDown. 
Raw kind of needed this quote unquote big win. Mm-hmm. Um, just real quick, Kyle talking about the entrances. Keith Lee, finally a good entrance song. Finally. Yes. It was, it's a banger. <laughs> and and he was time. one of the few that did not have the T-shirt on. Props to him, Riddle and Rollins. They were the three who uh, did not don the T-shirt. Um, let's talk about the sweep and what that accomplishes. So with SmackDown, I think moving forward, again, big picture, I think they're just going to squabble on TV because none of those guys are going to be in the world title picture immediately. So they're going to you know, play the blame game. You know, Whose fault was this? Raw, I guess everyone's going to claim they deserve the credit and it's going to set up Drew's next contender. Is that what we think? And, you know, they'll be able to do their usual thing. It's like, oh, okay, we can do a fatal five way or something. And somebody gets a pin and earns a title match. Is that what we think might happen or. Hmm. Yeah. Could be. Depends on how quickly they want to pull the trigger on Sheamus. Yeah. I had read that, that yeah, Sheamus was earmarked for a feud with Drew. I don't know how I feel about that. I mean, Sheamus is a guy who can clearly, I don't care about him losing to Drew McIntyre uh, at this stage of the game, but I also don't know how excited I am is that as, you know, a semi headliner on a pay-per-view, even if it's something lame like TLC. By the way, Mike, thank you for the subscription. Just saw that pop up in the video screen. Thanks Mike. Appreciate that. Um, yeah, let's go through the eliminations here real quick. So we mentioned Rollins mentioned Owens. Um, so the third elimination was Matt Riddle hit the bro salt on Corbin to pin him, calling back to uh, you know how they spent the early summer, I guess, feuding. Once that, he hit that, I was like, this is going to be a sweep. Because when he went up, yeah. I was like, okay, I can see. He was one of the guys I was thinking might not survive. Mm. And I was like, okay, Corbin might hit him with the knee and get him in a pin here. But once that did happen, I'm like, okay, it's a sweep. Yeah. So after that, yeah, it's it's five and two, five on two in favor of Raw. Uh, we had Jay Uso and Matt Riddle go head to head for a while. Sheamus was tagged in. He hit the bro kick partially on Jay Uso, but Uso kicked out. They talk about how Uso kind of avoided it a little bit. Uh, then we had Strowman in. Strowman gave Otis the power slam to eliminate him. At that point, you've got Jay Uso all by his lonesome. It's five on one. And I thought, you know, Jay might work back a little bit. You know, based on, you know, he lost to Daniel Bryan Friday night. He's letting down Roman and maybe he'll start to work his way back into Roman's favor a little bit. Um, We had Uso going one on one with uh, Keith Lee. He comes off the top, but Lee caught him, gives him the spirit bomb to win the match. That was an awesome spot. That was a good finish. Really cool finish. So, yeah, I mean, 5-0 raw wins right off right off the bat. First match. So uh, a little lengthy for my taste. Uh, I wasn't expecting the sweep. That's for sure. Uh, but had some had some uh, cool spots. And <laughs> watching Justin chug his yeah. beer there, <laughs> get the last drop, few so, drops out of that tulip glass there. Nice. Calling back to the patron episode we just uh, recorded, Survivor Series ninety. That was the first ever elimination match sweep. The Visionaries. What a team! Yes. What a team! Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel they've gone to the sweep a lot in recent years. Don't they do this? Like I none. Call, I, I would love to know how many sweeps there have been. And how many have been recent years? I remember the Shawn Michaels, Triple H, CM Punk infamous thing where, like, remember Michaels gave sweet chin music to Mike Knox to open the match and then busted out his now infamous, who is that guy? I would not have remembered that unless you remembered it. And now you jogged my memory, <laughs> to be who honest. Who is that guy? Super- Which, to be honest, Mike Knox kind of blew ass, and so that was sort yeah. of funny. But, like, that, what an unbelievable thing. The 2006 <laughs> DX babyface run. 
Most of the what a piece of business. Not very memorable, though. You know, like I'd have a hard time remembering most of the <laughs> most Wait. of the Survivor Series elimination matches. And I, but I feel there's been like a recent sweep or something. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Football is back in full swing. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. And don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. 2020 has already reshaped how we work, and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site, according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly, so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. And now, Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. Real quick. So Aaron mentioned in the chat. Uh, do we think with Rollins, you know, going on paternity leave now, he's for sure going to be out all of December. I don't know how much of January. Honestly, I don't know why you would bring him back before the Rumble. Just have him be an unannounced entrant in the Rumble. Uh, but Aaron asked, does this lead to a rebranded Seth? Do you think we go back to the burn it down Seth? Or does when he comes back, is he still the Messiah? What do you think, Justin, as a fellow Iowan with our boy Seth Rollins? How should he come back? I, I need some sort of payoff or explanation for what he just did. I mean, something. I if, if he all of a sudden comes back and it's just burn it down to save some baby face. I mean, that's kind of everything that's wrong with wrestling where you just, you know, clear everything off the table and start over again. Give me a reason. Real faith in WWE that they're going to call back two months to that. (laughs) They should. You're right. They absolutely should. I don't know if they will though. That would make sense. What do you think, Kyle? Monday night, Messiah, Friday night, Messiah, any day of the week, Messiah. I'm bored with that. That gimmick is... (laughs) Running on empty, man. I think it would be cool if if he was in the Rumble as a surprise and you heard the burn it down as he came out. Going back to that. I mean, his Messiah just music is pretty bad, quite frankly. Yes, real bad. Real bad. <laughs> like, it, it, it's like funny, like, even now when it starts, I'm like, who the fuck? Oh, that's right. <laughs> he would have been much better just coming out to the doors since he was dressed like Jim Morrison anyways. <laughs> yeah, that was John Morrison's gimmick. 
Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. Second match of the night. New Day and Street Profits. Now, this is one you go into thinking this is going to be a really good match. Uh, can they live up to the hype? Yes, they can. This was an awesome match. Uh, to me, I mean, you look at match of the night. It's this one. It's the women's titles match and the men's title match. You know, with the the women's world champions and the men's world champions and this one. But I would, to me, this was the best match on the show. I think. I, I think I enjoyed this one the most. So what, what say you two? For this match or best match of the night? Best match of the night. Uh, I would, a slight preference to Reigns and McIntyre with this right. one being a very close second. Yeah. Yeah. Kyle, what do you think? I would give a slight preference to this one, although I don't think I'm as high on it as some other people, which I guess is just kind of indicative of my view of the pay-per-view as a whole. I mean, this was probably like a three and a half star match, if I'm being fair. Ooh, you know, I don't wow. like to give ratings, um, you know, without watching it twice, but it was very good. I, you know, an issue I had, I want to bring this up now. I felt the Thunderdome felt particularly sterile and inorganic tonight and was not a great environment for professional wrestling. Hmm. Why would that be tonight? That. I, I thought it was just as good as normal. I think you might be in a mood today. <laughs> no, just I well, I, I you know it's funny that you say just as good. I don't know if it's ever been good. Oh, I mean, I think compared to what they were doing at the performance center. Well, yeah, I, I mean, they, you know, I mean, you know, compared to you know 1941 Hiroshima, you know, my life's going pretty good right now. But, you know, <laughs> okay, oh my God. <laughs> okay, I mean, you know, I mean, that was wow, some right. of the worst production. I mean, that was like some of the worst television I've seen, televised wrestling I've seen. I mean, my God. <laughs> I mean, I thought I think the, the Thunderdome has helped production immensely. I think they're I think it's way better than what we saw pre-August. And I, I think, yeah, I guess. But what we saw pre-August was freaking cow dog well, but, yeah, but this is about as good as it can get with no fans actually there i mean i don't know how they could do any better i i thought the i thought it was I just as good as normal i don't know i just i <laughs> I, I wasn't into it there it just it just feels so fake the cheering and booing i don't know i get i get a lot of like 1993 wcw center stage vibes from <laughs> wwe television man so yeah i mean again you know it's funny. I always feel like I have to defend people. Like, what the hell, man? That's like a low rating or something like that. You know, we talked about uh, Bucks and FTR on the last mm -hmm. AEW pay-per-view. How, you know, I, I didn't want to give that five stars. And all of a sudden, you know, you know, I'm being crucified. <laughs> but, you know, I, I thought this was a good, that three and a half is very good to me. But, I mean, it's I didn't think it was like out of this world or anything. I, I did like the storyline um, it's kind of the the untold storyline, if you will, that New Day was not ready to kind of give up their spot as the mm. top team in the promotion and, and street pop profits were going to have to earn, take it from them and earn it. And they did. And that was very good. I thought the street profits promo before the match uh, was quite good. A lot of charisma. They, they, they as an act, man, uh, just compared to some of these other acts at ECNW television, just a lot more charisma, real, real high end in that department, I think these guys Except yeah for the cap i think i thought uh street profits before the match when they had that interview backstage were like just great over yeah, the that's top, what i'm saying yeah really that's yeah, stuff. yeah yeah um it was a I pro wrestling promo too, i couldn't give this i honestly i couldn't give this match lower than four stars i thought this is about a four star 
at tops four and a quarter match to me. Uh, I mean, I just, <laughs> I guess I'm way higher than you on this one, Kyle, because I, I saw stuff out of this that I never see in wrestling anymore. I mean, it's real basic stuff, but when I think about covering a lot of these matches, uh, you know, whether it's writing down notes for the podcast or covering matches for comicbook.com, I find myself like just having a hard time keeping up with Matt, just taking notes because it'll go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And there's never any psychology at all. And I thought the fact that early on in this match, you had the new day just working for the most part, uh, street profits start off kind of hot, but then it got to the new day, really working over, uh, Montez Ford and like concentrating on his ribs, stiff shots to the ribs, to his head, like you don't get that a lot of times in WWE anymore. It feels like it's just high spot, high spot back and forth. Nobody really goes on the advantage very long. And I thought seeing that just something so small that we used to always get in wrestling was such a breath of fresh air. And then when you get to the end of the match where Ford, you know, hits that awesome frog splash, but he can't make the cover because of his ribs that he was calling back to from the early portion of the match, 10, 15 minutes earlier. I thought that was, I mean, finally, so someone has some psychology in these matches. I, I guess I, I really like that. I guess to me, it's like that's what you should do. Like it goes back to what I'm talking with the Thunderdome and the pre-Thunderdome. Like I don't, I'm gonna be careful about what, heaping my praise on something that's just better than your standard 2020 WWE fair because standard 2020 WWE fair, quite frankly, just isn't very good. I mean, it just it had a good pace to it though too. Like you still had the eye popping high spots with the slower spots too. Mm. Go ahead, Justin. Uh, talking about that moment with the, the frog splash, I really liked that too. And I, I agree with what you're saying. And I think my, my problem with this match is that it, it has those great moments. And then for me, they do something that automatically takes me out of it where he has that, you know, slow crawling to Kofi to get the pin because of his ribs. But as soon as Kofi kicks out, it's like his ribs weren't bothering him at all. He just sits right up and is eyes got have all the energy back in them it's just well, that kind of that's that Shawn michaels teaching <laughs> yeah <laughs> selling through his eyes yeah yeah um okay look i know a lot of people first of all i don't even know nothing about gears of war or whatever this stuff is okay oh, that i thought was they were, cool. yeah, I thought they were awesome. doing a max moon tribute okay oh, for, for, God, for all i knew <laughs> I, I, I don't know about you know i, I don't know <laughs> nothing about no gears of war uh biggie coming out with new day so soon after this emotional split in the draft is why no one takes the draft seriously. Yes, I agree with that. Yeah. Just for the record. Yeah. So New Day, they wore the Gears of War outfit out just for their entrance, which is cool because they're in the new game. And uh, we also had the Street Profits wearing the Ric Flair, Damian Lillard high tops during the match, which was cool too. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, the, the finishing sequence of the match saw, so after the, the frog splash spot that we were talking about, we had uh, Montez Ford actually hitting the Trouble in Paradise on Kofi a few moments after that. But then he turned around and got taken out by Xavier Woods. Then Dawkins made a blind tag and Ford came off the top rope with a blockbuster. Dawkins covered for the pinfall. Uh, afterward, we, there were some people thinking there might be uh, a heel turn or something here with one of the teams. But no, uh, they shook hands, embraced after the match, had the good moment, and that was it. Why? So, yeah. Why would there be a heel turn there when they're not even on the same show? I saw a ton of speculation about this, that maybe New Day would go heel, try something new. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, there was a I mean, it was well, out Okay, there. but I, I, 
agree with Justin. That doesn't make any sense, but I'm going to piggyback off it. And here's an issue for me. Again, it's big picture. And I guess maybe some people don't watch wrestling like this, but the losers of these champions versus champions matches, it just feels like, okay, like if you're still going to be the champion, that's just an odd thing to do. It's just odd to have like one champion be better than the other brand's champion. So you're saying you don't like these matches. I'm saying that the, you know, we talked about the lack of stakes when we did that Patreon show for Survivor Mm -hmm. Series 90 and how, you know, maybe that kind of hurts the elimination matches. Well, 30 years later, we haven't fixed that part, even though we're we're doing a different gimmick with, you know, best of the best and brand versus brand. I, I just feel like there was just nothing at stake tonight, and it was very hard for me to emotionally invest. When I watch, again, people get pissed when you do AEW versus WWE comparisons, but I don't give a damn. That last AEW pay-per-view, I had emotional investment in those matches. When I, That's why I don't give these WWE shows oftentimes higher than a B-. minus. I watch these shows, and yeah, there's athleticism. Yeah, there's good matches. But I have very little in the way of emotional investment in these shows. I just don't. This was the match of the night, but and you know, and it was it was good. Maybe it was very good, but um, you know, I guess I'm just speaking broadly again with, with the whole gimmick, yeah, of champion versus champion. I just I don't think it's a it's a great gimmick. Guys, again, if you're out in the chat room, let us know your thoughts as we go. We'll read them on the air. Also, if you do us a favor, hit that thumbs up button below the video. You know, the more likes this video gets, the higher we will rank in the Survivor Series search results and get some more people in here. Uh, talking tonight's show with us. So after the tag match, arguably match of the night, we had the U.S. champion Bobby Lashley taking on Sami Zayn, the IC champion, uh, in a uh, mid-card champion versus champion match. And uh, it was during this match. I mean, I saw the finish and everything, but it was during this match I was helping get my children to bed. So I don't I don't have a lot of deep thoughts on oh. this one. But uh, I don't know if either of you saw a whole lot of this. It looked Man. like... Uh, like Lashley was on the offense most of the early portion of the match, and then he called back to uh, a story that the two of these guys had done a while back, where Sammy was saying he had vertigo, and it got the ref to kind of like break up the match a little bit. And when Lashley was distracted, Sammy rolled him up from behind for a near fall, and then Sammy went on the offense for a little bit. But it was it was mostly mostly Lashley on the offense from what I was seeing. Um, Kyle, what did you make of this one? Sammy worked his ass off here. With a lot of heel shtick, yeah. um, if it wasn't for Sammy, whew, this this would have been a dog. Um, you know, Lashley, Lashley. I mean, look why because of his look, um, he was an okay opponent for what Sammy was doing. Um, you know, typically you would have liked someone with a little more charisma, not so wooden and laconic as uh, Mister Lashley. But uh, I know what they're going for. It was pretty much what I thought it was going to be. But it wasn't necessarily good. You know, it's always kind of tough sometimes to watch a match where the clearly more talented guy you know is going to lose. And and that's what this was. I mean, you know, um, it doesn't matter that Sammy lost. No, (laughs) it doesn't. But um, he's the better professional wrestler of these two. At the very least, they gave him the heel tool going forward where he can, with the whole tripping over... MVP where he can uh, go to that as to why he lost. Yeah, they gave him an out. Now, I thought that was really funny when he tripped. He claimed MVP tripped him and was demanding a disqualification. So you don't get a lot of that heel shtick 
You know, yeah. uh, somebody tweeted something about like a, a comment Bobby Heenan had on working today on Twitter. I think it was the great Alan Blackstock, Alan Cheapshot. That's a must follow on Twitter. Uh, I think he tweeted some Heenan comments, and I was kind of thinking of those uh, as I was watching Sammy Singh perform tonight. Got a uh, Bobby Heenan LJN during this show for a very fair price on eBay. Speaking oh. of Bobby Heenan, I was pretty excited about that. I know my friend Aaron out there watching the show. I was texting him about that. Uh, yeah. Who's your buddy that's the big Raiders fan? Oh, Ryan. <laughs> I yeah, say that Ryan because Huffman. I was getting a little nervous there, and I apologize, but the a nice cover for yours truly, plus the points of the Raiders. Ryan Huffman will be upset because they did not win the game, but uh, that's why you take the seven. <laughs> Yeah, Ryan, uh, he was on our uh, post-AEW All Out show, Mm -hmm. and uh, I have promised him a guest spot when we do the Bret Hart draft, because outside of myself and Justin, he is by far the biggest Bret Hart fan I know, and uh, in fact, I just saw Mr. Huffman last night. He stopped by my house. He was in your neck of the woods, Kyle, Cleveland, Ohio, uh, for the Raiders game recently, and he bought he bought me some Steve Austin Broken Skull IPA, which I oh. have been trying to get my hands on for years. And he brought me back two cans of it. I enjoyed one tonight during Survivor Series. Yes, yeah. indeed. My favorite beer store has it. Yeah. So uh, not not as heavy as I was expecting. A decent IPA, though. I'm pretty yeah, that's above a good, average. I don't know. Th- that's a good way to put it. You're right. It's not as heavy as I was expecting. So after Lashley and Zayn, we go backstage and it's Jey Uso with Roman Reigns, the tribal chief. And mm-hmm. <laughs> Jay has let Roman down again. You know, two days ago on SmackDown, he lost to Daniel Bryan. It was Jay who took out Daniel Bryan, what, three weeks ago on SmackDown? And uh, that match between Jay and Bryan was the only singles match Bryan has worked on television, well, actually at all, since May. So Bryan returns and he beat Jey Uso clean on SmackDown. So oh, then we, we saw Jey Uso get pinned in the first match of Survivor Series. So he's let down Roman. You know, he's backstage with him. And Roman basically tells him he doesn't have time for losers. Leave him alone. So <laughs> we'll get some payoff on that, I guess, later in the show, as we would see. This is one of my favorite things on the show, I think. <laughs> I can't wait till he makes the Usos. Do- I can't wait till we get a Thanksgiving dinner segment. Uh, yes. On SmackDown, he makes them eat out of dog bowls or something. Well, Roman had the new T-shirt, head of the table, right? Yeah, Is that what it said, head of the table, yeah. something like that. Can't wait till yeah, eat them, make them <laughs> eat out of dog bowls or something. That'd be cool. <laughs> Too bad I can't get that in time for Thanksgiving. Oh well, maybe maybe what, I can dog get it, bowl? Wear it next year. No, the head of the oh. table T-shirt. <laughs> yeah, dog bowl that too. Yeah, <laughs> I like to eat in unconventional ways. Yeah, uh, so <laughs> a head of the table T-shirt would be kind of sweet, actually. <laughs> Roman, does Roman Reigns have the host. only good wrestling t-shirts he do, in the I WWE? Mean, that's the only WWE shirt that I have bought, I think. Official WWE shirt I bought maybe in the last year is the Roman uh, show up and win t-shirt. I bought that one. I know Brian, our friend Brian Landerskina. Landerskina, yeah. he uh, is in the chat room. He has that. Oh, one. he is. Yeah, he is. He commented here a little bit ago. Oh. Yes, indeed. So... He, he actually, Brian actually gave the show an A, Kyle. You guys, you might have to talk that one out with him. <laughs> I was going to make a joke, but it would have been inappropriate. He said you guys are having some uh, interesting texts during the show, but he couldn't share them in the chat room. No, I can't. No, they couldn't. <laughs> we had a few of those in our text thread as well. They were very similar, I can assure you. Save that for the Patreon page. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Speaking of that, women's match. 
Asuka versus Sasha Banks. Now, what got, do you mean by that? I don't know. I can't give any more hints. Okay. <laughs> and uh, so this was a really good match. Really, really good match. You know, the story is, of course, that Sasha has been unable to beat Asuka. And Sasha took a lot of punishment early in the match from Asuka. But uh, in the end, got the victory, not by the bank statement, not by not by a tap out, but by pinfall. And uh, I mean, to me, this was the third best match on on the show. I would put the the men's world championship match number two. And then this one. And I I really liked it a lot. Uh, Justin, what did you make of this? Yeah, it was fine. I, I really like what they're doing with Sasha and. Uh... I think Asuka's reign is starting to feel a little stale. She hasn't really been doing anything of any importance. That's for sure. They don't have contenders for her, really. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, this was good. Right person went over. Uh, Liked the tag match better. But, you know, one thing I like about Asuka and Sasha when they do work is they kind of work differently every match. You know, they give you something new every time. They just don't work a patterned match where you know what's coming. So... Um, yeah, this was a good match. So we think uh, Rhea Ripley will be going to Raw. They need something on that show. Mm-hmm. Well, they just built up Lana, so we're good. Oh, I forgot, yes. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> what a payoff. Uh, so the final moments of this match, we had a lot of roll-throughs, near-falls. Uh, we had some sunset flips back and forth with the pinfalls. They exchanged kicks to the head. Uh, eventually Banks won after Asuka flipped over the top of Sasha and then Banks held her legs for the pin. Uh, so yeah, it's, I mean, it's the first time, is it the first time ever Sasha has defeated Asuka, at least on television? I think yes. it is. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, they, they made a big deal out of that. It was a good match. I mean, worth watching for sure. Then we get to the women's elimination match. Maybe not worth watching. Uh, this is the uh, this is the low point of the show for me. This is when I was floating around A grade for the show, and after this women's elimination match, I had to go at least down to a B, like drop it a full grade. Uh, a lot of issues with this. <sighs> Should I turn over the mic before I rant, or when you guys want to talk first? I mean, I don't. It's obvious what they've been doing with Lana with the bullying thing. Uh, but yeah, like they've been burying her on television for weeks well, and weeks and weeks. The You've thing got, is, yeah, go ahead. You want to pay it off, but you don't pay it off here. Like Not it's something you pay off in an under uh, in an undercard match. This is supposed to be like best of the best. Yeah. Like it, if there were two women's Survivor Series elimination matches and it was the secondary one, then yeah, okay, do it. But you know when you when you need to create stars. Mm-hmm. And that's where this company has gotten weak, creating stars. You don't do that finish in this match. You just don't. Again, the match is way too long. Way too, way, way, way too long. It was a long yes. time before we got a single elimination. Um, and we're getting late in the show here, too. So it just, it really feels like it's dragging. You know, you're I, waiting to get to the taker thing. You're waiting to get to the universal versus world champion thing. And it just seemed to go on way way too long yeah well you know what the issue was and again people are gonna get mad at me but i don't care it just felt like there were a lot of jobbers in this match i know we're not supposed to speak ill of the ladies but i it just felt like there were some women it's just like come on just like let's get to the main attractions like you know this person's not gonna win and you're right it just went too long before those people were eliminated well here's the thing with that though 
is they had an opportunity to kind of go a little, I mean, this match on its own isn't going to do it, but like go a little ways towards making someone a contender or someone a new star on one of these brands. And yes. I mean, you, early on, you got some of that. You had Peyton Royce pin Bailey for the first elimination. Nobody would have expected that. No, I mean, that, our but friends what over happens at WrestleRumble.com, we, we did the WrestleRumble contest today, picked the first woman eliminated from the women's elimination match. My God, I didn't think it was going to be Bailey. That was shocking, certainly by Peyton Royce. So you have Peyton Royce get that big uh, victory over Bailey there. You had, I thought, Liv Morgan throughout the match looked pretty serious for the first time in a long mm-hmm. time. You know, like you could do something with her. And in the end, you have the sole survivor being Lana, who doesn't do anything. It's just the feel-good story because her team was bullying her. I I don't get it. Not not in this match. Like, do something no. on Raw to pay that off, maybe. I mean, you got Bianca Belair on the other side, who is, like, the one with the highest ceiling right now. Like, how does she not emerge victorious? Yeah. You know, especially after the Raw team won on the men's side, I thought SmackDown yeah. would win here. Their team was loaded, and I thought even when it got down to Bianca and she was outnumbered, you know, there was a point where it was Bianca and Liv Morgan. I think it was three on two or something like that. And I thought, or was it four and two? I can't remember. But they were outnumbered. And I thought, okay, have these these are kind of two rising stars. I know Liv's been around for a while, but you know, they still have a chance with her, I think, because they haven't done a lot with her on TV. Uh, she could still seem kind of fresh if you give her a little bit of a push. She hasn't contended for the women's titles multiple times in the past. And like, all right, build up Liv and Bianca here as this team where they fight back from underneath. And instead, Liv got eliminated pretty quickly. And then I thought, all right, maybe Bianca will come back and like defeat three people and win or something. We didn't get that. She gets counted out. <laughs> I mean, like, what? That's the Yeah, they really- just protected everyone and did, you know, one of the lamer things. I- Was this a lamer finish than that? Rick Flair count out when it's Survivor Series 91 where like eight guys got counted out and he just slipped back in and they're like, all right, Rick Flair wins. Yeah, that was <laughs> at least that match was more entertaining before, you know, before the lame finish than this one was. So all right, I'll be a glass half full guy. Uh highlights here included Corey Graves getting in a Sean Spears dig when he said, quote, I'll give that a perfect 10 in <laughs> regards to Peyton Rose. That made me chuckle. Uh Lacey Evans did a Spanish fly. Mm-hmm. Uh, that there you go. Um, but yeah, in the end, to me, this was just not the right time or match to pay off the Lana storyline. You make a new star instead. Um, you know, you, you talk about the dearth of contenders on both shows for these women's titles. I don't think this created one. Mm-hmm. And does anyone think Lana's got a top of the card performer? No. Should she even be one? No. No. <laughs> I did. I thought too the the spot with uh, Shayna Baszler and Ruby was pretty cool. Where Ruby got uh, eliminated, but she was in the Kirafuda clutch and she rolled through into a pin. Uh, you know, basically the old Bret Hart Roddy Piper uh, sleeper hold roll into the pin spot. But the referee was distracted, so she's in the Kirafuda clutch, but she's on top of Shayna and she's pinning her. But the, she's waiting and waiting and waiting, and since she was still in the hold and she had to wait so long, eventually the ref gets over there and she's like passed out. And Baszler covers for the pin. I thought that was a really cool spot. I like that one a lot. I thought it was a cool idea. I maybe the announcers didn't sell it properly because it just felt like clumsy as the viewer. But you're right. I liked the idea and what they're going for. It's like it it is a a, a Mm -hmm. cool finish. But I don't. There were just a lot of sloppy finishes, and it's funny you mentioned uh, Peyton Royce pinning Bailey, 
And you're right. That could mean something. But what just what happens right after that? She gets pinned. Yeah. <laughs> Her and Natty, by the way, that was a interaction for the ages. Oof. That was not some the of the boat. finest wrestling I've seen in the 2020. Boat. I thought, yeah, the boat. They give her just the lamest line. I mean, this has been this has been her whole career in WWE. Bring back the farting gimmick. Seriously, they just give her the worst (laughs) stuff. Give Natty some respect. Bring back the farting gimmick. Give her some respect. So back the farting gimmick. (laughs) So awful! I can't believe they did that. It's it's the best to read. Like on a, I went back and like to look at it on our Wikipedia page to read about it one time. And it was Why? like, it it said something to the effect of <laughs> whatever the time period was, like 2010, was saddled with a flatulence gimmick. It was panned by critics. <laughs> it's like, the sense, it was, it's really, I laughed so hard. Imagine that. So, yeah, it, you had gotten down to, it was Nia Jax and Bo, uh, Bianca Belair fighting on the outside when they were both counted out. And the only other legal person in the match, well, not legal, but in the match, uh, she was on the outside at the time, was Lana. So when Nia and Bianca Belair got counted out, double count out, left Lana as the sole survivor. From what I was seeing on my Twitter feeds and everything, nobody really liked this one. Uh, not... Not the greatest reviews, that's for sure. No, and it just it's playing to such a small audience. Yeah. You know, because they just did the chronicle for it. It's just that's not how you want to really even pay off that storyline. Right. You want her to like fight back and stand up to the bullies and kick their ass, not just, you know, do some banana peel shit finish like this. Win and, by you know, circumstance. It, it, yeah. Yeah. It just makes me go back to uh WrestleMania and like when people like were actually like praising the payoff of like Mandy Rose and Otis. And I was like, it just feels like, yeah, we, we did a storyline and here's the finish, but it's not going to go anywhere. Mm-hmm. And again, it, it goes back to that low bar. I've talked about WWE. Oh, they actually paid off a storyline. Well, that's what you're supposed to do. <laughs> yeah. So that brings us to the men's match. Uh, This is the uh, Universal Champion, Roman Reigns, arguably the best thing on WWE television right now, taking on Drew McIntyre as of last Monday, the WWE Champion. And uh, I think Drew, I put this out on Twitter, I think Drew has been, in the men's division at least, uh, the MVP this year for WWE. I think, you know, Bailey and Sasha are in that conversation as well. But in the men's division for sure. And then Roman, since he's returned in the last couple of months, has been probably the most captivating thing on television. So I was really looking forward to this, and I thought it didn't disappoint. I thought right off right off the bat, it had a really big match feel to it. You know, we were talking about the Thunderdome earlier. I thought the entrances felt pretty cool. Roman got a ton of pyro, more, more pyro than Brock Lesnar gets, it seemed like. I think... Uh, you might think it's kind of lame, but I th- I think the uh, I think the sword entrance that they've been doing I like it. is pretty cool. It's not I bad. Like no, it. I like I it. I have no issue with it. Yeah, it's cool. I see some people bashing it, but I think it's pretty awesome. I like it. So, I mean, as this thing got underway, you got these two big dudes, the world champions. It this felt big time, and I was into it. And back and forth at the early part, nobody could get really get an advantage. Uh, and then at the end, I mean, I thought the ending going in, I would have predicted some kind of outside interference. I'm, I'm thinking like, you know, how can they beat one of these guys right now based on what they've done? What did you guys have any predictions going in? Like, how did you think this was going to go? I thought they should have done what actually happened. I thought they should have done a no contest. 
I didn't think they should have been a winner. I think it's counterproductive to have a winner. Mm-hmm. I did, yeah, about the middle of the match is like, oh, I think we might get like a Claymore Spear, you know, collision where they both get counted. Right. Double. But I, I was I was all right with the way they did it, and to echo what you're saying, watching the beginning of this match with the entrances and the introductions, it felt like uh, it'd been a while since we kind of had a, a really big match feel with two true main eventers. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and, he, and even with uh, McIntyre getting beat, I, I think he feels like a bigger deal now. Um, I would have bought him getting pinned after, you know, the table spot and the spear uh, to the outside barrier. Uh, and and I was actually kind of shocked when he kicked out of that second spear. I thought that made for a really great moment. Uh, they, they didn't do a double count out or anything like that. Uh, but they protected him really well with the finish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Go ahead, Kyle. Chat me up, Bruce. What was the point of having Drew McIntyre lose to Randy Orton just to win it back? Amen. <laughs> Amen. I, I don't understand. I, I think that actually kind of hurt the match because, like, the whole focus, like, in video packages was Drew McIntyre winning the title back in the when it should have been this just huge clash of the Titans, two guys that just run through the competition for months and months. And we're going to see who's better. I think that actually hurt the match going in the fact that they had drew lose it, win it back. You know, I know for them, they're going to look at, Oh, well we, it was drama. You didn't know what the match was going to be. Not knowing what the main event is going to be for pay-per-view. Let me be very frank is stupid. So is that just an acknowledgement that they made a mistake to put it back on Drew there? Because, I mean, I think going in, we all, we said on the podcast, there's no way Randy Orton should win the title. And apparently they didn't know that and they went back to Drew. So is that just an acknowledgement that what they did was wrong? Maybe they were trying to pop a rating. I don't know what they're trying to do, but I, you know, when it happened and, you know, they announced the match. So I was like, what a terrible main event that is. Mm -hmm. I honestly Reigns versus Randy Orton, two heels. I think the only thing was they were just throwing the bone to Randy Orton. They were giving him that 14th title reign. That's, I think that's all it was. They're just keeping him happy. Yeah. So, I mean, some of the high points of this match that I jotted down in my notes, uh, there was partway through the match. There's this cool spot where there was a Superman punch that was reversed into a spine buster for a near fall. That was really cool. Uh, later on, they exchanged big boots and Reigns dodged another Superman punch, or I mean, uh, McIntyre dodged another Superman punch to hit a future shock cradle DDT for a near fall. Then McIntyre went for a Claymore, but Reigns hit the Superman punch instead, hit it this time. Uh, McIntyre then countered into a guillotine. Shortly thereafter, McIntyre was thrown into the ring post. Reigns went for a spear, but McIntyre rolled through into a Kimura. At this point, I saw people saying, oh, my God, it's a Brock Lesnar reference. Brock Lesnar is going to be coming out, right? And they had mentioned him throughout the show a couple of times, too. Uh, moments later, McIntyre launch, was launched onto the table by Roman. They're on the outside now. And then Roman Spears drew through the ringside barrier and covers for a near fall. Back in the ring, Reigns hits a spear, but Drew kicks out. Roman comes in for a second spear, but runs into a Claymore kick. Roman then fell... Uh, uh, falls and knocks out the official in the process. At this point, Jey Uso runs out and Drew knocked him off the apron. Roman then hits a low blow. Then Jay hits a super kick on Drew. 
Roman then comes in with a Superman punch. Roman uh, then locks in a guillotine. Another official comes out. Uh, as he's locked in the guillotine, Drew kind of stands up and looks like he's going to have a second win, but he ends up collapsing. And Roman hangs on with the guillotine. Drew passes out. Roman's the victor. Uh, they go up the ramp where Jay is waiting for Roman at the top. And uh, they hug on the ramp afterwards. So it's like Jay has kind of won the affections back of Roman after letting him down in the last couple of matches that he has had. So, I mean, I thought the stuff with, with Jay and Roman was good. Uh, I don't like to see Drew lose. But, you know, if you're going to do these champion versus champion matches, you're in a hard situation, I think. So, I mean, at least they didn't have him give up. But, uh yeah, I, I would have liked. I probably would have liked a, a non-finish better. Or, yeah, no contest or a double count out, like you were saying, something like well, that. I just, I, I don't know, man. It seems to me, again, look at things big picture. I think it's a stupid gimmick to have. I mean, like to have them, you know, do this because I mean, I, I don't know. I, I just, it's, I don't know what it does to have one champion beat another champion because the whole point is you're supposed to have them be equals, right? One right. is not supposed to be better. If you want to have one champion be better, then you should have one world champion, which is the way you should have it anyway. Yeah. And, you know, that that would be, and it's not going to happen. This is me just fantasy booking. The payoff of this match is Drew just enters himself into the Royal Rumble, wins, and challenges Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. Unification match. Mm. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I just, I, I think it just speaks to the sort of, you know, uh, logistical issues you have with this brand split and why I I just don't think it rewards the viewer, quite frankly. Mm -hmm. Oh, by the way, small detail, uh, Roman Reigns, one of the best at kicking out late. Yes. They had some great near falls in this match. That's a great point. Yeah. And I mean, you were really, really close. Yeah. It looked like it was over. Good. And he has by far the best strikes. It's like it's not close. Like so, like in that battle royal, like some of the punches, honestly, are just embarrassing. Like yeah. some of these people, like should be like <laughs> sent to like whatever's below the performance center to like <laughs> learn to strike. But like Roman Reigns just does a great worked punch. Um, Aaron in the chat says, "Where does Jimmy and Naomi play in going forward?" I think that's an interesting point because I've been kind of thinking in my head, you know, what's going to happen at TLC next month, and is Jimmy going to be back and get involved there? Uh, I. There were some rumors out there that maybe the Usos would end up facing Roman in a handicap match, but it looks like Jay is, you know, fully aboard the Roman Reigns train at this point. So does Jimmy come back and and try to pull him out of that orbit? Do we have a brother versus brother match? I mean, what do you guys think? Where where is Jimmy going to fit into all of this? I would like to see a build up to uh, a brother match at WrestleMania, and then you can maybe start bringing him into the fold. Uh, isn't Naomi on Raw? Didn't she get drafted to Raw? I can't even remember. Which I tell me. Yeah, I guess that says a lot. Yeah, no kidding. Let me look Uh, that up. That's not just no so. I don't know if I want to see the Usos wrestle. To be honest with you, I like them as a team. Raw, yes. Okay, I, 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 I'll tell you exactly what she done with the Usos. She'd be in a group with Roman Reigns. I think that's the end game. You know, I mean, I think I think that's a good role for them. I mean, you know, as far as like being in the tag team division and keep. Competing for the tag, we've seen that mm-hmm. before. I think being Roman's backup is is a good role for him. Yeah, and I think Daniel Bryan it seems might be the next contender. He's a guy, you know. At this point, you know, it's never going to be as good as 2014 again. We know that. Um, 
you know, you could build him up. He's always over and he could take a loss to Roman. I think that's a good I just, uh, match. I like the idea that, you know, Jay had to go through the ringer, getting his ass beat, putting on great matches against Roman in order to, you know, kind of earn that respect. And, and he us, does honestly feel leveled up right now. He does feel like a big deal. Uh, and I like the idea of using Jay to do the same thing with Jimmy. Mm-hmm. I, it is. You're right. I mean, there is this kind of tension. Like, why did one have to go through the ringer? The other one didn't. And they just wind up both being equals. You're right. Um, you could let's, tell a story there. Let's do some long, long-term storytelling. I, I just don't Kyle know Ross. if Uso versus Uso were, you know, brother, uh, Brett Noah is the exception, not the rule. Well, can we at least try? Sure. <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, <laughs> you can try, you can do anything if you want. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I guess whatever, but you know, I just remember Jeffers, Matt Hardy and you know, when they tried that and other brothers Ed, edge versus Christian. Yeah. Meltzer always writes about it. <laughs> Meltzer always writes about it. Brett Nolan. That's the exception, not the rule, man. I Rick think, and Scott. Uh, yeah. I think Roman Bryan is the natural next feud you do. Uh, I think, that's a kind of match that should main event a big pay-per-view uh, rumble. not TLC. Like that's a Royal rumble title, a match at the Royal rumble. Maybe yeah, the only you problem though, months, you could get two months out of it though. I mean, you could do a match at TLC and maybe have Jimmy return and he gets involved in the finish somehow. So that they have to have a second match at the rumble. I don't know, but I would like to see if they do Roman and Brian, I'd like to see them. I'd like to see it at the, at the Royal rumble in January. You're right. I mean, building it up is good because look, everyone knows Roman's going to win. Mm-hmm. So, you know, building it up, though, and, and having Brian feel like a big deal and maximizing the potential of that match uh, seems wise. Whether they do that remains to be seen. Yeah. So one of the things we got to do here before we talk about the final segment that is the Undertaker farewell is uh, do this giveaway. So if you guys are not in our Facebook group, it's uh, Top Rope Nation Pro Wrestling Discussion on Facebook. I've been posting about this over there, but... More importantly, over on our Twitter page, at Top Rope Nation, uh, last Sunday announced we were going to have a contest for a $50 giveaway uh, to WWE Shop or Pro Wrestling Tees. Up to you. Uh, and there was some requirements for entering. You had to retweet the tweet. You had to follow myself and the podcast account. And... Um, you had to respond and tag another person and subscribe to our YouTube channel. But uh, altogether, a really easy way to enter to win 50 bucks. And I'm going to do the drawing right now. Oh, one thing. By yeah. the way, thank you to Dominion for handling all the... Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, actually... <laughs> Funny enough, so uh, I'm doing the I'm doing the giveaway, and I went to test out this website. I mean, it's like the big, it's the the main site that people do retweet giveaways. It's uh, competitionagency.com. It's where all the big sites do their their Twitter draws. And I went there earlier today to to make sure it would work for me. And I I put in the tweet URL and I clicked you know select one of the retweets, and it did. Well, apparently you can only do it one time. So you know this is legit and that I haven't done it multiple times to fix the results because when I put I'm going to sh- I'm going to share it here on the YouTube video, but when you oh. see me go to it, when you see me to go to it live, I'm going to paste in the URL of the tweet and it's going to pull up a winner, but it's going to say that this was drawn at like 2:50 p.m. today or something. Nobody has entered the contest since then by the way, so I'm not screwing anyone here. <laughs> but you're going to see that uh like you can only do it one time. So uh, I'm going to share this on the video feed right now. We're going to do the giveaway. Um, the other, if you, if you saw the reply in the tweet, you need to be present here in the live show to win. So hopefully you're out there. If you are the winning 
entrant here. So let me share this. You guys can talk to. I'm gonna I'm gonna share this the screen here. Kind of yeah. actually plug my charger in so my I saw the battery okay. got low and I didn't have that. Okay, so there I just pasted it in and it pops up. The draw has been made by the tweet author. Uh, it says at Big Jimbo Extreme. He says he was uh, number 19 out of 21 retweets. Uh, there's a draw ID there. Whatever, there's your proof. So you can see at Big Jimbo Extreme, you are the winner. If you're here in the chat, let us know. But that is the $50 giveaway to Pro Wrestling Tees or WWE Shop, uh, depending on which one you wanted. All right, so with that out of the way and the giveaway, and we'll do that again, uh, the other giveaway we have going on is, is with our Patreon supporters. So we mentioned Patreon here earlier in the show. Um, uh, I ordered some special Top Rope Nation snapback hats a few weeks ago, and I got a few left over, so I thought we would do a giveaway to our Patreon supporters. And so everyone that's on Patreon has a chance to win the free cap. I'm going to do a drawing here at the end of the month. And uh, if you want a chance at winning one of our Top Rope Nation snapback hats, join the Patreon page. Uh, again, like I said earlier, links in the description of the video of the podcast. Five bucks a month gets you access to all of our bonus shows. There's more than 20 of them in the archives. All kinds of benefits and an entry to win that snapback hat this month. And I, I mean, it's not like we've got a hundreds of patrons. So you, if you sign up, you have a pretty good chance at it for five bucks. So uh, check that out if you are interested. So fellas, the last thing on the show, the Undertaker's final farewell. Yeah, Aaron in the chat, he's got the hat. He loves it. Sent him one, longtime supporter of the show. Uh, what did we think of this? All right, so... <laughs> We had a lot of faces from the past return. There was a lot of thoughts out there that uh, maybe this wouldn't be the Undertaker's farewell. That maybe someone would show up. Maybe a Sting would show up and challenge him, right for a for a final match. Maybe a cinematic match at WrestleMania. You know, they could they could mass each other's advanced age by doing a cinematic match and delivering on that that uh, WrestleMania bout we've wanted to see for a long time. But in fact, this was a straight. Uh, it was a it was a straight retirement. We didn't get anything like that. You so, will, uh Sting's worst theme music, "Man Called Sting." Yeah, we did get we did not get "Man Called Sting" playing over the PA in the Amway Center. Uh, so they did this. It was actually you know a pretty cool video tribute to the Undertakers over the years. Although Kyle, not a fan of the Metallica song that they chose, I think it's just funny that they always get like these weak ass Metallica songs that no one knows. Like you're like, oh okay, this is Metallica from the two thousands. <laughs> so someone in there asked uh, in our chat room asked, "What's our favorite Undertaker match?" Oh man, if you go back into our podcast archives, we did an Undertaker draft back early in the summer. Uh, look up Top Rope Nation on our podcast feeds. Uh, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever. But uh, that was a really fun show. I think that was the one that we had Alfred from Forbes yeah. on with us. Alfred Kanawa. And uh, like, like Alfred. Five round draft. Uh, really fun show altogether. I mean, I think for me, I probably got to go with one of the Sean matches, probably 25. For the record, I won that draft, but all the ballots were thrown out. <laughs> <laughs> I saw several in the river. On a tray. <laughs> I demand um, a recount. Yeah, I would uh, go Sean too, but I didn't I have the first pick and I took Hell in a Cell. And I'll stand by that. That's my favorite yeah. Undertaker match. I mean, that's... The, uh, the Hell in a Cell, the Sean uh, from Bad Blood. I'll yeah. tell you what. 
all these guys are coming out. Triple H comes out, and I don't know if they put a gun to Michael oh, Cole's head or whatever. Here we go. But, you know, oh, that match with Triple H at WrestleMania 28 was maybe the greatest match I've ever oh, commentated. No. I got fucking hot when I heard that. <laughs> I knew you three, were. It was a three and three quarter star match. <laughs> Get over it, everybody. Here's the full here's the full list of everyone that came out. Uh, Shane McMahon, Mick Foley, the Godwins, surprising, maybe Rikishi, Kevin Nash, uh, the Godfather. Not Papa Shango. It would have been way more cool if he came out as Papa Shango. By the way, I'd like to thank, uh, once again, Charles Wright for allowing me into his establishment in Las Vegas for my bachelor party. It was a fantastic time. <laughs> Jeff Hardy, uh, Big Show, JBL, Booker T, Savio Vega, Shawn Michaels, Ric Flair, Triple H, Kane, and lastly, Vince McMahon, who introduced Taker, and then when Taker got out there, everyone was gone. So they didn't ever actually share the ring with him. Uh, but uh, no, I mean, Undertaker came out, basically said the that the Undertaker has had his last hurrah. He said it's he said my time has come. T- it's time to let the Undertaker rest in peace, and he marched but, off, and that was it. You, you buried the headline. Kane coming out in full gear like yes. a freaking nerd. Kane did come out in full gear. Still shaving his chest while mayor. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I noticed. Uh, so, I mean, did it live up to expectations? Not if no. you're expecting something bigger to happen. That's for sure. So, I didn't mind that they played it like a straight retirement because, truthfully, I don't want another Undertaker match at all. Like, that was actually, yeah. like, my fear <laughs> that we're going to get it now. The only thing... I had two fears. One, that it was going to build to another match and he wasn't going to be retired. And two, that we were going to get the blow off for retribution and that they were going to get like pummeled by the BSK, you know, and like, well, Vince McMahon yeah. grabbed the mic and said, take that Antifa, <laughs> you know, oh, no. about Vince. He, I kind of get why he doesn't want to be on TV anymore. I had that same thought too, actually. He, I mean, whoo. He looks old. I mean, even more, he's been looking old, but I mean, loved him in nightmare before Christmas. Yeah. I mean, he was, (laughs) he was just looking real old. It wasn't, it wasn't, I mean, he kind of summed it up for the, or he he summoned it up, I should say for the intro, but um, yeah. Wow. It just, uh, I don't know. He hasn't been the same since that Kevin Owens headbutt. I feel Mm. 75 years old, man. Give the guy a break. He is old. He's definitely had some work done, though. As yeah, you can see, for sure. Haven't we all? <laughs> <laughs> so that was the show. I mean, again, I think it's about a. I think it's a B pay per view. I enjoyed a lot of it. Uh, it wasn't an A show. There was stuff on it to certainly disagree with, which we talked about tonight. But uh, you know, overall, watch that tag team match. Watch the women's uh, world champion versus world champion match and watch the men's Reigns McIntyre match. Those three. If you watch those three, you've seen everything you need to see from this show, for sure. I guess, you know, I'm not going to tell people, you know, what they shouldn't shouldn't like. Um, do it. It, it. But I guess that's what we do. But <laughs> um, uh, anyway, but, you know, like if the Undertaker thing meant a lot to you, that's cool. But for what it was supposed I guess like built up as like this all time icon of the promotion saying goodbye. I felt shockingly little emotion to dare. I say no emotion whatsoever. Honestly, I felt more emotion in that lonely road of faith video on raw in 2002. That's a freaking kid rock song. 
<laughs> Dude, that was. A good I, I just, one. I just that felt nothing. Yeah. I, I just felt like I, I just totally felt nothing watching this. Like he just kind of cut this generic Undertaker promo. Mm-hmm. And I think we were just kind of reminded, that, you know, promos were never really his his bag. And it was just like, you know, you're right. The guys came out. There was no interaction. It just, you know, and I, I think it, it, it felt like at least that some of the chants were inorganic again. <laughs> I go back to that. It, it just, I don't know. It just, it was very modern WWE in that it, we were being told it was a big deal, but it was very devoid of emotion for me personally. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things where if it's a straight retirement, you know, and he, he actually is going to retire and everything, it's not like, you know, based on his character, it's not like this is a guy who's going to come out there and cut a 20 minute promo. Kind of Although, thing. what did they have? Him do? I mean, you know, right after the show, what did he, what do you see on the network? Him well, doing an interview on yeah. a character with Steve Austin. Um, and I guess whatever, if they want to have him stay in the gimmick for TV, that's fine. I just think, I don't know. Just, I, I, there was no emotion for me whatsoever. I mean, you compare to like these other send offs, um, like a Ric Flair. Mm-hmm. Yes. This, th- this did not even come close to that. That's what I, I thought we were getting with them bringing out all of his, yeah. his friends. Now, I mean, granted, he's not a big cry baby like Rick is. You know, hey, we all get <laughs> emotional. We love you, Rick. But, um, you know, thank God, that was remember Ricky just like kept crying where I was like, my God, man, he's just kidding. Just <laughs> poor guy. Um, uh, always the best, though. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, th- this this was nothing like that at all. And I, I mean, I don't know if that's what maybe they just didn't want it to be. And this is what they wanted. But it just I don't know. It was just my- my wife popped in during the middle of it and she asked what was going on. I was like, Oh, it's undertaker's final farewell. And she's like, I thought they already did that. <laughs> no, this yeah. is the final farewell. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah what exactly. about the end of an era? Remember when that era ended? <laughs> oh. <laughs> it was oh, good. Man. And WWE became a completely different place after WrestleMania 28. Yeah. <laughs> Everything changed, man. Everything changed. Yeah. <laughs> this, this promotion certainly doesn't resemble 2012 anymore no those three just went on a bunch of documentaries and told us all the new guys stink compared to them (laughs) (laughs) that was the new era Uh, well you know you you say in 2012 to now and us going back and watching some of the older stuff and how like five years feels like 20 to whereas now it's like eight years feels like two eight years was the difference of Hulk Hogan winning his first WF title and leaving the promotion for a year, taking a sabbatical. That's insane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Crazy. Well, guys, that, that has been the Survivor Series 2020 post-show. I do want to throw a shout-out to our patrons. Big shout to Tim, to Derek, to Kyle, to Ryan, to Liam, to Sean, to Andrew and Gabe. Appreciate your support, as always. Guys, if you want to support the show, check out Patreon. We will be back later this week with the special preview of our Survivor Series 1990 show. Hopefully, you guys will, will enjoy that, and I hope you enjoyed this one. You can follow us on Twitter. The show is at Top Rope Nation. You can find me at Ryan Drosty. That's D-R-O-S-T-E. Kyle is at T-R-P Kyle, and Justin is at Justin Joint. That is J-O-Y-N-T. He thinks when he does sign in. 
<laughs> um, and uh, with that said, I mean, I, I hope you all have a great Thanksgiving, that you're safe, that you mask up if you're seeing family members. We want to get back to live wrestling at some point in the next few months, hopefully, and get out of this pandemic. Fingers crossed. So thanks for supporting the show. Subscribe on YouTube. Join us for our next uh, live show after a pay-per-view. It's youtube.com slash top rope nation. We will see you guys next time. Have a great holiday and a great week. Thanks.